Having Sage approved audio for our car rides is a literal lifesaver for my nervous system and I love making lists of podcasts to share with him when he's ready. I was so excited to hear about a new show called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, math, geared toward the six plus crowd. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time traveling adventures. Recently, we had some family visiting, and on our way to dinner, we popped on an episode of Mysteries About True Histories, Math, with my niece and nephew in the car. In this episode, Max and Molly travel back in time to solve a mystery from the order of the problem solvers, along with lots of kid humor mixed in. It was a fun way to enjoy our car ride together and opened the door for some interesting conversation about history and understanding some of the mysteries of the past. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for car rides and meal times, and stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, welcome to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 21. I get a lot of requests for topics and I love it. I want you to please keep throwing them my way. The whole point of this is to create content that you love and that you want. And one that I got in kind of over and over was body exploration. I was getting questions like, at what age is it appropriate to do X? How do we explain this to them in a developmentally appropriate manner? Um, My son found his penis. Will he ever stop playing with it? Uh, So I reached out to my friend Jenna, who I have known, goodness, for a long time since I was a tiny human. We grew up together, and she has a master's in early childhood, and she also has two kiddos. She has a little girl who's five and a little boy who's three. And so we dove into both her experience and my experience and what is developmentally appropriate from the early childhood perspective and answered all these questions we all had. So we didn't hold anything back. So if this is not a conversation that you are ready to have yet, or a topic you're ready to cover with a tiny human who's in your presence, hit pause and come back to it. We use a lot of terms in here that you might have to explain if you haven't already. So, uh, all right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey, Jenna. Thanks for joining me today. What's up, Alyssa? Can you start us off with a bit about who you are? Sure. I am Jenna Chu. I am a wife to Thomas Chu and a mother to Mabel Chu, who is five, and Maslow Chu, who is three. Um, I live in Rochester, New York, and I own and operate an indoor play space for children and families under the age of seven. Um, I have a background in early childhood education and 
definitely have a teacher mentality in a lot of the things that I do. Yeah. And little fast fact, Jenna and I grew up together. You did. So go back way far. Yep. Uh, rural town of Portville, New York. That's right. Comes full circle. <laughs> Comes full circle. But uh, Jenna is someone that I often turn to with early childhood questions. She has the early childhood background and also is a mama of these two babes and just like generally, generally love her vibe. So <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, but so I had received this question about body exploration and the tiny humans and was like help jenna come talk to me yeah (laughs) so it's a it's not super comfortable to talk about but it's a very real thing that comes up literally every day of my life so (laughs) so let's go into that like what how how does it come up in your everyday life jenna okay so well when you asked me if i wanted to talk about this topic my my example was that my five-year-old was in the bath and literally out of nowhere, I was like washing your hair, washing your arms, you know, doing all the things. And then it was like, hey, mom, um, my vagina is getting stretchier and longer, or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And my initial reaction, it's always shocking to hear those words come out of a five-year-old. And your initial reaction comes to be like, oh, don't touch, stop doing that. This is awkward and uncomfortable. But what I actually said was, oh, cool. That's important because you're growing and your whole body needs to grow. So it's like, these things come up like in like 30 seconds, they're here and gone, but that's, it happens all the time. For sure. And when do you feel like it started happening? You know, interestingly, I feel like it happened for Maslow earlier. Um, just a lot of touching of the penis, you know, like diaper changes, very curious about what's going on. Mabel, hmm, she was a little older. I mean, Maslow's probably like one. And Mabel was probably closer to like three. But like when she got into it, she like just went full like, hey, what is this? What's this doing? Why do I have this? What's yours about? And like asked a lot of questions. Whereas Maslow's more like, and I don't know if it's a gender thing or if it's personality, but he was more just like, hey, I have this thing. So, and we were just like, yeah, that's a penis. And he's like, okay, cool. And that's that. Yeah, so I I like that you guys have always labeled things anatomically correct. Yeah, we have. I think it's very important. So I I actually was changing a little girl's diaper, and she said, I want to touch my vagina. I was like, well, that's your vulva. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I I think – You're going to say you might as well label it correctly, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think that like – it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, and um, I've actually learned that like some people don't know what a vulva is, uh, which is a whole, I guess, other thing. Or maybe we should definitely be saying these words to tiny humans. Um, yeah. But <laughs> one thing that I really want to dive into here is like, what is normal, and what does what does that even mean, right? Like, at what yeah. ages can you expect things, and uh, just so that we can kind of be prepared, right? Like we're not expecting our infant to be like, oh, I have a penis. So at what point do we kind of prepare to cross that bridge? You know, I would say expect the exploration literally as soon as they can find their genitals because it's going to happen. And not because there's any kind of like sexual anything behind it, but because it's a part of their body. And 
don't we all want to know what our body is doing and what it's for? And um, so literally, like, as soon as they can reach down there, they're going to try to figure it out. Um, the language part of it will come when their language comes. And when they start really realizing, you know, bathroom things and seeing their parents or their caregivers going to the bathroom. And, you know, so the questions will come up. And as long as the language is there, I think it's an appropriate time to start labeling it correctly and, you know, explaining, just being like totally upfront about it. Was it Maves who, like, when Maslow was little, was like, when is he going to have a vagina too? Oh, like totally. That. Yeah. Or was it that? Or was it her asking if she was going to grow penis or something? But it is, yeah. It's that it was, it's still a conversation in our house because it's confusing. Like, okay, wait, no, that's my brother. Like, we're the same in so many ways, but now something's very different about us. So, yeah. And we're just like super proud. Like, yeah, you have a vagina forever. If that's what you choose to do. And Miles was going to have a penis forever. If that's what he would like to have forever. So it's just, yeah, being totally open about it. I think it's and, good. You know, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't want to, I want to lay a foundation that I'm not going to have to like go undo later. So I think Thomas and I, and we're totally on the same page about this, you know, just being absolutely open and honest and fact-based because really like we're talking about science here. So let's just give them the facts. Yeah, for sure. And I think it pulls away the shame too, of just like having body parts and knowing oh my gosh, I know. how to talk about them. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, if you label it scientifically, then it's just, it is what it is. There's no, it's not embarrassing. It's just your human body. So yeah. I think we got, we like totally strayed from the original question, which <laughs> no, that's all like, came yeah. out. but, uh, yeah, I think it just can, I don't know. I think the answer is it can come out at any age. And I think it depends on the kid. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And what have you guys done in terms of like, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but if you're willing yeah. to share what you've done in terms of like your bodies and being like naked around your kids or like all oh, yeah, we I shower with the we all Maslow hates showers, so he won't take a shower. But Mabel and I shower together still. I'll take a bath with the kids. Um and I think we just, you know, kind of set the same rules that you would for any human other human body. You know, this is my personal space. I am comfortable being naked around you, but please don't touch me because this is my body and I won't do that to you. Um, and that seems to work for our family. It's awesome. I feel like there's a little yeah. more like a judgment when it's a dad. Uh, or- you know, interestingly, yeah, that, I think it hasn't happened in our house, but I think, I don't know why, I guess maybe just because Thomas showers in the morning before work and then it's just like, his day is done. I don't know. I don't know why not. It didn't happen on purpose that way, but I agree. Like if it came up, I would be like, Oh, that might be weird. Or yeah. maybe like more for like Mabel and Matt and, or Mabel and Thomas, I would probably be less comfortable than Thomas and Maslow shouting together. Um, yeah, not, I don't know why, because I mean, he literally wipes her butt still. So I don't know, you know, 
Yeah, totally. I think it's so interesting because like, I, I think especially you were a breastfeeding mom and so you should have a different like physical relationship with them in general. I'm sure you yeah, that's talk Yeah, that's true. About like, even, you know, you grew Maslow and I'm sure maybe you guys have talked about that. Like you've talked about what oh, gosh, your yeah. body has done in a way that yeah. like, you probably haven't about Thomas's. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. That's very true. Um, yeah, it is interesting to think about. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm thinking about is like, when do we introduce the concept of like public versus private? Like it's okay yeah. to kind of like be naked here, but not here or whatever. This is actually a very big problem for our family right now because Maslow, we just got a puppy and the puppy pees outside and Maslow is now just obsessed with peeing outside. And it's a problem because he can't pull up his pants. So he's like, pants underwear to the ground and then literally like hobbling through our backyard trying to find me so that I can help him and I struggle with that I sh- I'm I don't want to care but I do um and I don't I'm still kind of figuring out why like I'm not sure if I care because it's gonna make other people uncomfortable or if I like fear the capabilities of other people because when Mabel was that little I didn't really care that much like she was like naked in our yard a lot. And now that Maslow's doing it, I stop him. And like, I make him, I, I insist that he wears clothes in our yard all the time. I mean, we live in the city and, but we know our neighbors, they're cool. Um, but yeah, it is a problem. So we're actually, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question because we're kind of figuring it out. What language do you use to like ask him to put clothes back on? Um, I just say that's okay inside our house. If you want to be naked, you can go inside, but it might make other people feel uncomfortable if you don't have clothes on, which has happened. And maybe that's why we've had like our neighbor across the street is a retired gentleman and he has come over when the kids were naked in the yard and he was definitely uncomfortable. Like he came to the fence and was like, oh, whoa, dude. Uh. And so I don't know. I think my reaction then was like, yeah, they're kids and they're playing in the pool and whatever. But seeing him feel uncomfortable then was like, maybe I should be uncomfortable too. So, yeah, I just, we just kind of say it's cool. Like you can be naked in the house. We don't care, but oh, they might make other people uncomfortable. So it's interesting. I get it. They're fine. I think, I think the idea of like other people's comfort is something I hadn't really thought of. But I, Zach and I have talked a lot about this idea of like, almost like sexualizing young girls' bodies when we do things like throw a top on them, but not a boy. Like I'm picturing like at the beach. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I let Mabel run around topless in the backyard still. So for some reason that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't bother me. But But I I I know it bothers other people. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen like people post pictures of their kids topless, like little girls topless on Instagram or whatever. And, and I've seen like negative reactions to that. Yeah, which is interesting. And at what point then, like, what point do you think you will say to Mabes, like, hey, I know. Gotta throw I don't know. I know. I haven't thought about that. Uh, it's interesting. That so that's something It is interesting. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe soon. I don't know. I don't know. And like but why? Yeah. Right? Like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it, yeah, I like, don't know. You gotta cover this up now. <laughs> Right. That is interesting. I'm trying to think of like me as a kid. 
I don't know. It was a little different because we grew up on acres and there was literally neighbors or anyone else to feel uncomfortable or, you know, but you also know. have I think like, that, a hippie mom who is amazing. And I could see just being like, whatever, be naked. Yeah, I know. It's hard because we definitely, yeah. Hey, Danielle, a uh, little girl who didn't wear underwear for until like she was like nine. Sister. <laughs> My mom was just like, whatever, it's a skirt. I don't care. I'm not going to fight that battle. And she did it. And it's fine. <laughs> and it's totally fine. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's so tricky because it is, it is a lot about your comfort level, but it is, you know, we live with other humans around. And so, I don't know. There's yeah, no right well, it's this, it, for me, <laughs> there are no right answers. But for me, it's this idea of like, I don't know, for, for girls, I see it as like sexualizing their bodies when we cover them mm-hmm. up. And I, I don't yeah. feel that way about boys. I'm like, no, your, your penis shouldn't be out at the beach. <laughs> right? But like, right. I don't know why. <laughs> and we do. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, because like I guess like a flat chest like it looks boy like like you see that on like a grown like that chest looks like a grown man which is also okay to be naked so maybe that's just our it doesn't look right like you don't have breasts yet so it's not yet a quote, you know, quote private it, part yeah 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 but yeah I agree if you ask him to cover it up now yeah I don't know it's uh. That's interesting because now I'm going to think about that and every time Mabel's outside about Sugar, I'm going to be like, ugh. Sorry. <laughs> what kind of decision should I be making right now? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for me, Labine, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's gonna do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews 
and the ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order use code village that's www.activeskinrepair.com code village for 20% off your order. I feel like one of the places I've seen the most like body exploration is like on the diaper table. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, or in bathtub. Bathtub is big for us. Yeah. I mean, you probably see a change table. Yeah. But like in a school setting type, but yeah, for us, it's now bathtub for sure. One of the things that we say is like, I'll let them touch their penis or their vulva or whatever. And I'll just ask them, like, let me know when you're done. And but mm-hmm. then eventually like, there are times where I'm like, all right, I have to cap this. Like we have to do another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for the sake of time. <laughs> exactly. They're like, all right, on my terms. Um, yeah. I'm also though, like when I taught preschool, uh, I had this kid, uh, we'll call him Jack. And Jack was three years old and he would just like loved his penis. And so he would say things like, Miss Alyssa, can I just touch my penis? And we would have to like put limits on when he could and where he could. So we'd say like, you can touch your penis when you're in the bathroom. He'd be like, Miss Alyssa, just a little bit. (laughs) We're like, no, (laughs) you can touch your penis at nap time, right? So like, yeah, another conversation that I've had with so many parents about this, the like masturbation piece with yeah, And for me, I feel like I don't see it a lot actually in toddlers, but I did when I taught preschool, like it was definitely on the scene. A lot of kids would touch themselves before they fell asleep and make, I think like in all fairness, like for good reason, makes a lot of adults uncomfortable, largely because I feel like most adults masturbate in private. And so now it's like, I'm present for this. (laughs) No, but I feel like like preschool age is just like a time that we do have to be prepared for like the masturbation. I don't know if it's even- I haven't experienced that yet, but I do. I have talked to other parents and it's super normal. I mean, and again, like there's no- I think what the, what we get so uncomfortable about is thinking that there's some kind of like sexual drive behind it, but really it's just exploration based and, you know, kids want to know their bodies. So if we look at it, if we, you know, kind of take our adult perspective out of it and look at it from, you know, and literally the innocence of a child's uh, perspective, then it seems less scary if you, you know, if you can kind of just switch that. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, I guess like setting boundaries or figuring out for you, like, what are the boundaries that you want to hold? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's good to know too, like, it's okay. Like if you want to set very specific parameters on when you think it's okay for your kids to do exploration, that's cool. But just be consistent with those and make sure that you're giving the kids at least something because there's, you can say no, you can say no touching. And it's not going to happen. Like the kids are just going to do it anyway, but then it's going to become a problem. And that's what we don't want to happen. We don't want it to become, you know, like just an issue. You don't want it to be a fight or to not be on the same page with your child about it because 
ultimately in, later in life, that's going to lead to them not trusting you about these things that you want them to come to, to you with. So if you can just be like on the same page and be like, yo, like it's cool if you, you know, if you want to touch your penis, go to your room. And we, honestly, I say it to Maslow like once a day. And then I always like, I have to follow up with, and like, just remember if you touch your penis, then you have to wash your hands. And honestly, sometimes that's a enough for him to be like, I don't feel like washing my hands. I'm not going to touch my penis right now. I don't know why it works, but it does. So sometimes he's like, yeah, I don't feel like going to the bathroom after. So I don't know, but just like setting those limits saying there's a time and a place and at the dinner table isn't the place. <laughs> right. So when you have yeah. to go wash your hands. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and then, like, honestly, he'll like touch his penis and be like, you, now you have to get up and go. So like next time, before you do that, you have to think about like, what's the, like, you know, what's going to happen next year, the consequences of your actions. So he seems to be getting it, which is pretty nice. impressive for a three-year-old. So nice. I, um, I have these and like every childhood picture, my little brother is like holding his penis and I just have these memories of my mom That's being hilarious. like, Zach, just stop holding your penis. <laughs> uh, and- you know what's so interesting? I, well, I have a resource for you, but I was revisiting this resource when, once we said we were going to talk about this. And that is the security thing, which I did not know. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah what is yeah. the resource? Oh, um, it is, let me pull it up. Sexuality Resource Center for Parents.org. And it's awesome. It's super, super cool. Um, it's zero to 18 years old, literally stage by stage, what's normal, um, red flags, you know, the messages you want to be sending. And then um, like what, by age five, what do you want your child to know about their own sexuality? By age 10, what should they know? And different pointers on how to make sure that they're getting these messages. So that's crazy cool. I think that that's very helpful for us to like kind of think about in the long term of like what do we want to establish. Yeah. Um, it, yep. We use the phrase start as we wish to go on a lot. And that's uh, a good one. I love that. I think it applies to a lot in early childhood because a lot of the times yep. we set up these parameters and then we're trying to undo them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is so much harder than just doing it. Like thinking about it, putting the thought in at the beginning and then it will unfold, you know, in a healthy way versus exactly. being like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, it happens. We're, you know, we're all human and sometimes we make decisions that we do have to undo. But the more we can think ahead, the easier our, our job as a parent will be later. For sure. Well, and like, I think the hard part is knowing like, what does the foundation look now for this goal that I have down the road um, and being able to like work backwards. I don't often wear bras. It's like something yeah. I just don't really do. They're and super uncomfortable. They're super uncomfortable. And I just And actually not good for for humans to wear. Really? Especially push-up bras are oh, yeah. very bad. They um and I think probably all bras just in general because they actually like manipulate cells which causes precancerous cells. So, a little fun back there. From Jenna Chu. Uh, yeah, it's science. <laughs> science, but yeah. so I like I think of that, and I'm like, okay, like how can I with these tiny humans like set up this space where 
I'm sure that me not wearing bras does make some other adults uncomfortable. Like that being yeah. said, if I'm wearing a see-through shirt, like I'm going to have a bra on or at least a tank top. Right. And sure. so yeah. like- You're not I'm, trying to show the world your nipples. You're just trying to be comfortable. Well, I don't even care if they see my nipples. I just know that it'll make them uncomfortable. So I think one of the like things that I'm really thinking about is just like how do we- kind of set kids up to live in this world and not make the rest of the world feel uncomfortable all the time, but also yeah. like be able to have like individuality and express themselves however they'd like, you know, while maintaining respect uh, right. for, for their bodies, for other people's bodies, for the space, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah that is a tricky one. And I think I – like to push the boundaries and the limits a little bit, but I admittedly live in kind of a comfort zone in some ways. So I think for me and my kids, I think I want them to kind of, I mean, push as much as they're comfortable, but always like know that it's okay to do things that aren't considered the norm. Even if it does make other people uncomfortable, you know, to a certain degree. And I think, I mean, from what I've seen so far, they both seem to have fully embraced that. So <laughs> Mabel more than Maslow. She's no problems pushing limits and always. So um yeah. And that's like that's a great that's a great um you know trait that I that I love that she has. Makes it sometimes challenging to parent, but I think it'll be awesome for just the world in general to have, you know, people like her who have no problems making other people feel uncomfortable in some ways. And yeah. Yeah. Well, so. like, I think it's just like challenging people to look at their discomfort, right. And to look at like, Ooh, why mm-hmm. does this make me feel yeah. uncomfortable? I don't know. That's like maybe true. there were more nipples you could That's see in shirts, then we wouldn't have to worry about normalizing breastfeeding. Like things like, that that just come to mind for me true what are we doing here yeah that's true so then I guess my question would be how like how do I what do I say to my neighbor who comes over and is like and I think what I said was probably like oh they're kids and it's not a big deal and I don't know what he thought of that so I guess you know what do we do what do we say how do we navigate that discomfort with people that we don't really know yeah, yeah for sure. Settings where we're kind of forced to have some kind of at least topical relationship. Right. I, I think like uh, deciding what that boundary is going to be for you. So I'll use the example of like, say we had a little girl that was at the beach and she wasn't wearing a top. Right. And like, say my uncle was like, why doesn't she have a shirt on or she needs a top on or whatever. Like yeah, just being prepared for to say, oh, you know what? That's a choice that we're going to let her make when she gets older, whatever, um, if she wants to cover up. Uh, but just being ready to like, and, and like own that <laughs> and be confident yeah. in where we're coming from here so that like, I don't know, like our, I think our confidence in our responses is like huge. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. And yeah, it does, all, like, it does come back to being prepared. And they're going to have opinions, right? Like we yeah. can't 
but your neighbor's probably going to have an opinion about a million other parenting choices. That you oh, know. yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it's just living with that comfort of, like, he can have an opinion and you're still going to parent how you want to parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And I think I do that in a lot of other I'm, – I'm very confident in a lot of my parenting choices. And – I don't know. I guess like the shirtless one isn't just one that I've really like put a lot of attention in. But now that, yeah, I've already said it, I'm going to have to think about this one more. I think I haven't thought about how my choices are impacted by the discomfort of other people. And I think that's huge. So thanks for uh, <laughs> shedding some light on that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I've given you more stuff to think about here in parenting she didn't yeah know. it's good it's good yeah no never there's never enough I'm always so bored with all my parenting decisions I wish I had more time to just sit around and be like oh how else am I making a bad decision here? <laughs> or just making my child's life the most beautiful thing in the whole universe you know, that's right it's balance as long as we let them know that therapy is an option we know they'll be there for something Exactly. Uh, how is there anything that has like come up in terms of body exploration that you've that you've chosen to ignore instead of respond to? Um, you know, the where do babies come from came up earlier than I was anticipating, and I dodged it for a little while. And Mabel was probably four when she asked, and. I didn't, like, I said, like, a baby grows inside of the mother, and that was kind of it, and she, I think she might have asked, like, how does it get out, and I was just, like, um, and I just kind of ignored it, like, literally just ignored it, and I didn't hear it, (laughs) and then, like, gathered my thoughts, and then when it came up again, I was, like, we're doing this, and so she asked again, so my sister is pregnant recently, and so there was a lot, there, there yeah, just a lot of questions. So when, when it came up again, I was like, okay, like that, I realized that what I did was wrong the first time and that's okay. Like it happens. They catch you off guard and you say the wrong thing sometimes, or, you know, whatever, you don't think that that's, you respond inappropriately. And so when she asked the second time, I told her everything and we talked about cesarean sections and we talked about vaginal births and that it's not about like, you don't grow in a belly and it's called a uterus and she loved it took it all in and then went to school and told all of her friends so <laughs> then another mom from school came and was like oh mabel told my daughter that babies grow in uteruses and then you can also if you can't get it out of your vagina it can be cut out by a doctor and so i was like no, well now your daughter knows and you don't have to tell her <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So I just did. Like, yeah, that's so funny. What when, when I taught preschool, but she, Mabel also go ahead. Like, just let me just so like, this funny thing. So then Mabel also like in the cesarean section um, conversation was like, like, she knows that I had two vaginal births, and she was like, "Why didn't you just ask the doctor to cut us out? Like, why did you push us out of your vagina?" And I was like, "Girl, like, do you want the doctor to cut out your poop?" Or do you want to push it out of your body? And she was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to push my poop out. Please don't ever let the doctor cut my poop out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like that is serious. And I am, that sounds like so much more work. So she totally got it. 
She totally did. That's awesome. Like that is no joke to have major surgery to have a baby removed from your body. And she was like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's amazing that women have their babies cut out of their body. I was like, yes, it is. And now she gets it. And then she's five and it's awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When I taught preschool, I had a kid come in uh, to share like a sonogram. Uh, He had a you know, a growing sibling at circle time. So he shares this picture and he's talking about the baby and somebody asked uh, where the baby was. And he said, in my mommy's belly. And this other kid mm. in my circle goes, nope, it's in her uterus. And it got there from your dad's <laughs> penis. <laughs> yes. See, kids are seeing each other. They don't even need us. Right? Like, oh, man. They just need like one parent to tell them and then they just, it just spreads like wildfire. It's amazing. I had, it I had really like is. obviously send an email that day and was like, so by the way, <laughs> this is what your kid might be coming home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And it, it didn't come from my mouth, but it is fact-based. <laughs> but I didn't, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. So uh, yeah. Did you guys have to talk about that yet at all about like how the baby got in there? Um, we have not talked about that. Mabel somehow knows that, and I didn't, we did not have this conversation with her, but she does know that genetically a baby is half of their father. She told me that the other day and I was just like, oh, I forget how she worded it. I think she was talking about Maslow and was like, Maslow, did you know that you're half mom and half dad? And I was like, cool. Hmm. But like, we didn't really dive into it. It was just kind of like in passing and. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, if you ask a question about that, then we'll 
talk about that more, but she didn't. She was like content with the amount of information she had. So we're just going to sit there for a second while we can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to put like, I am all about if they ask and the curiosity is there, then you give them the facts. But if they're not digging for information, I'm also not going to openly share it. So yeah. All right. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, when they're ready, they're, they'll let me know. I like that approach. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe. Mazel probably won't. That's the problem. Mabel's, she's a lot more wordy and curious. So maybe she'll just tell him. Probably. If I, we just tell Mabel when she's ready, then she can just tell Maslow, right? Yeah. No, for sure. That's, That's what siblings are for. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, she's going to be amazing. She's going to be so good. She's so funny. She Amazing. loves facts and rules, and yeah, that'll be great. She'll parent him pretty soon, so I'll be off. <laughs> Phew. Yeah, right? So Just one and done. Just have to, like, yeah, parent one, and then it'll all be good. Yeah, you just have to raise that one to be like Mabel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good plan, Jen. Yeah. I think so. I, didn't, I hadn't even really thought about it, but now that it's, like, coming out, I just, it's brilliant, really. <laughs> awesome uh so i guess like the overall takeaway here that i'm getting is that we should you know use fact-based information right when identifying parts and all that jazz be prepared for this earlier than we think (laughs) yeah yeah and because you're gonna be caught off guard yep you're gonna they're gonna catch you off guard and it would be nice to be prepared before they catch you off guard the first time so you could just handle it but I think I was caught off guard. Although, you know, I I feel lucky that I have the background in early childhood to know that, that, you know, we're using scientific terms. This is, you know, we're just talking about this, like the real deal. We're not giving any pet names or anything like that. And so I kind of had the foundation and then had to kind of navigate it as it came up. But yeah, be prepared. Check out this resource though, this Sexuality Resource Center for Parents literally like anything you would want to know at any stage and I would like looked ahead to like what's going on at 14 and 15 and 16 and it's it's heavy stuff like things that I have not yet even considered to you know thinking about and yeah it's good I think now looking at this and looking ahead I'm gonna be a little bit more prepared yeah it's it's a great idea um like in so many other areas we like look ahead to know like what to expect but this is why we don't yeah yeah Uh, i mean i was like reading this one and one of the things is like wet dreams are going to happen and that's something that as a parent i have not ever thought about and that's a real thing that's going to happen in my life i'm going to have to parent a child that's going to have wet dreams and that's scary and real yeah i don't want to and now i'm going to be prepared yeah yeah so it is you just be ready I'm not ready for that. Yeah. No, dude. I'm not ready for that (laughs) at all. That is scary to think about. Can't they just stay like under five forever? (laughs) Right? That's that's where my wheelhouse is. (laughs) Yeah, man. I like I'm good to seven and you're good to seven, right? Yeah, I can handle seven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared for eight, eight to eighteen. That's then who comes in? Who comes in parents after seven? Well, this is the this is the scary thing in my house is that I'm zero to seven, and then Thomas is eighteen to like twenty one, twenty five if you count grad students, and uh, yeah, we got a gap. We got a lot of research to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, so the plan is just lay down a strong foundation 
until seven, just like coast through. (laughs) And then Thomas will pick up when they're in college. And then, you know, then they're going to be adults and they're going to be great. That's right. He can at that point undo anything. Yes, right. (laughs) It's a good plan. That gives me hope. Uh, Actually, Zach really likes like teenagers, which I don't get. Um, But so our gap is like maybe a little smaller, but then we'll have to call on Thomas when they're in college. Oh, he loves it. He would totally do it. He loves college kids. (laughs) It's rad. Somebody's gotta. But then, the, oh God, can you think about this? What what kind of sexuality conversations you're having with 18-year-olds? No, that's scary. No, that's so scary. It's so scary. Well, so I, scary. now I feel like we have a good handle on like birth to five. <laughs> I think like, yeah. it's, it's tough. Which is good. Foundation, it does. And it's uncomfortable when they're so young. But this is like, this is the foundation, man. You gotta get the language down you know, start sending these messages about what their body means, you know, what it is, who it's for, what it does. And, uh, and then when they're 18, they're going to have a firm grasp on this kind of stuff. So. I like this. Yeah. Start as we I have a question. Did, did you, uh, did you grow up calling it, calling it a vagina, a vulva, or did you have a pet name? Oh my gosh, definitely a pet name. You come on. Yeah. I was raised in a I know. like very Catholic family. Um, what was it? Who I guess my hoo ha. It was mostly not referred to. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Yeah, I guess my my like hoo ha was a term that was used. So interesting. We call it we called it our privates, and it was just mm-hmm. like a blanket term from both like my brother and me and my sister. Which I think is a good start because it does tell you that it's just your own business, but mm-hmm. it also wasn't didn't give me a lot of information about what it did or what for it's sure. for or how important it is. So yeah, and how to like communicate about it. Right. Yeah, that's a big problem. I think that it's good. Like we've had conversations, like Mabel's had some itchy things happen. And we're like, is it like your inner thigh or is it your vagina? Oh, it's your inner thigh. Cool. Okay. So that's maybe just like a rash. So it's been important to have these terms accurate. Well, I am, I'm, thanks, Jenna. Thanks for coming on and and chatting with me. Where can people connect with you? Facebook, Instagram. You can follow our play space. Hippity Hip Rock is on Instagram can message me there. Yeah, and it's Rock R O C Administrator. Um, or you can find my personal, which is J Chu. Wait, is it? No, I think it's Jenna Chu. Instagram. <laughs> or Alyssa will just tag in all these things, right? Is that yeah. what you do? Yeah, I can tag Perfect. all the things. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I totally recommend the Hippity Hip Rock. I think like it's a beautiful, amazing play space that you've brought to the community where you can like come you can yeah I like I love that you have like coffee and like spots for adults to hang while their kids play I mean to have a space especially in like upstate New York winters where you can get out of the house and just go play Um, yeah it's It's been awesome it's been really really cool for connecting people too like these conversations happen naturally in here which is so cool that's awesome yeah yeah and like 
and most spaces that kids are in are not designed for kids, right? Like our houses aren't designed for kids. Yeah. And so to have cafes a place are not right. restaurants are not exactly. So to have a play space that they can go to inside to like literally just be kids and explore where we're not like, don't climb on that. <laughs> don't do that with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been it. awesome. Yeah. We're loving it. Super cool. Yeah. Well, cheers to you, Jenna. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with me. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. If this podcast has helped you on your journey, please take two minutes to leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for joining forces with us to cultivate this modern parenting village. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.